Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. I through a breakup recently, and I'm not talking about a romantic breakup, I'm talking about a team breakup. I actually think a team breakup can be 10 times more painful than an actual breakup. And it's even worse when they start dating the salon down the road. If you're left feeling confused, stressed, and yet again, having to solve the problems of why your team isn't sticking around, not only that, but you have to spend the time that you were going to spend on growing your business, finding someone to fill the role. It kind of feels like a vicious cycle. Unfortunately, it's one that I see really often. In our industry, this seems to be the most common, never-ending problem that salon owners seem to face. So you're not alone. And if you're wondering why aren't my team sticking around, why have I spent so much time training them only for them to leave six months later? Maybe I'm not paying them enough. But what if you shifted the way you thought about this? What if we've been thinking about our salon team all wrong this whole time? So in this episode of the podcast, I want you to meet Cheryl Woodhouse. Now, I've known Cheryl for several years, and with her extensive background in relationship management and salon recruitment, I know that she is going to give you incredible knowledge on what you've been missing when it comes to growing and keeping your team. So keep listening to hear what she has to say on what's happening in the industry and what needs to change. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very nice to have you back. My absolute pleasure. It's been way too long, Larissa. Must have been about three (laughs) years, I think. (laughs) Um, Well, before we get started, uh, talking about probably one of the biggest and the hardest topics of the industry is employing, recruiting, uh, finding, employing and keeping staff. Let's start with, well, who are you, Cheryl? Where are you in the world? What do you do? How did you get to be doing it? Okay, thanks, Larissa. Um, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Cheryl Woodhouse-Gardner. I started up this business about 11 years ago. My background's in the corporate industry. I've worked in recruitment. I started working for a girlfriend who had a recruitment company in the hair and beauty industries, and she needed help. So I found out pretty quickly that um, this industry is a lot different to the corporate industry. The staff turnovers a lot more and people need a lot more help in a different way. So, as I said, started up about 11 years ago and we help people all over Australia and in New Zealand. We've got a pretty good reputation in the industry and um, yeah, it's, it's been very challenging as we'll chat about afterwards, but um, it's great. It's great. We've got some fantastic clients. We're branching more into New Zealand, predominantly in Australia at the moment. Nice. Well, look, let's talk about the topic of employing uh, great staff, because it seems to me that even when I was uh, a brand new salon owner many, many, many years ago, and and when I sold uh, not so many years ago, it's been a problem throughout my whole 
life as a business owner. And um, now as a business coach, I help owners find team members, but it's always a roadblock and it always feels like this massive mountain to climb. And the initial thought is that there's nobody out there, which is not true because there are salons full of team members. It's about um, finding the right people and finding anybody. So I, I really wanted to bring you on and talk about this, especially in the current environment. Um, you know, we're kind of heading into the two-year mark around COVID, um, living with COVID and the shift that has happened because of that. And I think it's made, as we were talking before, a big change to our industry and the teams that we employ. And so I want to really explore that. Um, do you want to start with sharing like what are the changes that you've seen? What is happening in the industry? What, are hap what is happening to our staff? Uh, where are they going? Uh, why is it so hard to find people? Well, lots of really good questions, Larissa. Um, first of all, please know that it's not just our industry. It's across the board. I was watching on a morning show the other day about the hospitality industry and one guy had a cafe in Queensland, I think it was, and he had to become very creative about finding staff. He couldn't find anyone. You know, people are so scared. They're very fearful after what we've been through with COVID over the last two years. They're trepidatious about moving. We don't know if there's going to be any more lockdowns, if there's another way people are scared and when they're scared they normally freeze they don't do mm. anything they just want to sit and take it all in and it's really really weird so anyway going back to this guy he had to become very creative he put out all these ads couldn't find anyone so in the end he did some creative thinking and it's not for everybody and you may or may not like these ideas but these are just some ideas he ended up um, making sure that the rate of pay was really good. I think he put it up to like $40 an hour or $50 an hour to get people to apply. And then he even added on a bar tab of $1,000 to get them to come in, which sort of drew them over the line. They had a couple of young girls and they said they were working in admin. They wanted to go back in hospitality and that was a draw card. So that's what I'm saying to some of our salon owners. You know, I think the base rate of pay in the hair and beauty industry is about $23 from Monday to Friday. Now we're working long hours on our feet, listening to everyone's stories, becoming a psychologist, working late nights, Saturdays, some Sundays, whereas you can get a cushy job working in an admin office and getting $30 an hour working nine to five. So if we want people to work in our salon, we've got to look after them. We've got to entice them. It's a little bit like fishing. Um, we've got to make sure that the rate of pay is enticing, you know, flexibilities with some rust, rusted Saturdays off, you know, even things like um, a sign-on bonus after a probation period. Um, the more creative, the better, you know, things like gym memberships, um, you know, iPads after a certain time. I think if you check with your account, you're allowed to give a voucher up to $300 on an irregular basis and claim it through your taxation as well. So it's a claimable expense. So it's really important. It's a bit like dating. I like to use in this analogy. When we're dating as women, we put on our makeup, we look gorgeous, wear nice perfume. We've got to entice that person or that person's to us. And that's really, really important. So that's- Yeah, okay. 
questions. Yeah, for sure, because the environment at the moment is that people, as you were saying to me before, leaving the industry, they're starting to take more administrative roles, or maybe they're moving home to serve clients from the home environment because they can get away from the lockdowns and all. Yeah. And what was interesting to me is that you also mentioned that there's less job hopping within the industry because people are either staying put or they're leaving the industry. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? What's that driven from, do you think? Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Well, once again, fear. It's all fear-based at the moment, Larissa. They, you know, if they go and work in a salon, if they move from, say, now to go and work into a salon, there could be another COVID outbreak. There could be another COVID lockdown. So that's really scary. They'd much rather stay where they are or work from home because then they don't have to worry about if there's a lockdown again, they're still working from home. Um, and if there is a lockdown in a salon again, how are they going to pay? If, like over in Melbourne, uh, they were locked down for months and months and months, how are they going to get paid while they're in lockdown? You know, we don't know what's going to happen. So it's fear. People are frozen as I said before, um, until we come through the vaccinations rates get up, whatever, and we get through all this, we're going to find this fear and trepidation um, in our society, which hopefully will finish next year. Um, and then next year is going to be totally different again. So we'll need to talk about managing that as well. Yeah, I can see, you know, throughout 2022 and into 23, it's going to be a, a constant change. We need to keep it ahead of... Yes changes in the environment and listening to the industry and listening to the voices of uh, our current team and our potential team and it's time to get creative so I really appreciate that you've shared some really great creative ways to think outside of the box in terms of wages I want to suggest and warn though that before you do that at whim that you have a really clear plan to make that work for your business financially um, because I think if we at whim uh, offer high wages and lots of perks and things and we haven't done the math we don't have a, a clear plan or roadmap to financially make that work and let that team member succeed achieve bonuses and targets and achieve the goals then the business suffers and while you might have team members if you're not getting paid or you can't afford to pay the rent or the stock it's not there's no point having team members when your business is at a loss so um, be creative do due diligence that what you can afford or that if you have to change your model that um, there's a plan in place to help 
the team member succeed to that new level of expectation to make the math work. Oh, I agree. I agree totally. As a business owner, we need to know the figures and our bottom line the whole time. Yeah. Um, so if you're not great at doing that, I'd get an accountant or someone that really does know that. Because coach. Or a business coach <laughs> who can actually just help you do that. No, it's true because we can't just throw money at people and I'm a business owner as well. Um, so you have to look at all the facts and figures and then, okay, happy to pay you this, but these are your targets. And I'm here to educate and coach you through and do an induction so we get you to, you know, producing those that income so it can cover your wages. You know, we want you to stay here forever. Happy to pay you. But I need to coach you and train you. Um, and that I will think, And I think, you know, it's not going to be unexpected or surprising for clients ultimately are going to have to pay the price. Mm. Um, and not in a negative way. We can still serve them beautifully, provide a great environment. But again, it's got um, the math has to work. And the client ultimately is the one that's paying the bill and paying the wages. So um, I imagine that maybe finally our industry will actually, in terms of pricing, elevate to where it should have been. Because I feel like over the last, um, probably in the, well, I don't know, this is only far back as I've looked, you know, in the last 40, 30 to 40 years, we really haven't increased our prices um, at the rate of everything else comparatively as an industry, I feel. So that puts a lot of pressure on our wage um, what we can afford uh, to pay and profit margins as a business owner. So I think now is the time that we can get away with actually getting our prices to a reasonable uh, amount that makes sense for us and the clients. There's always going to be a few, there's going to be a handful that are going to complain, but for the majority, they understand, you know, we're and not a charity. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, CPI, price increases every year and I think we have to and as a business coach I'm sure you help your clients with this as well Larissa we have to understand our worth and if we lose some clients that's fine you know it just opens up the door for other clients to come in that will appreciate us as well and I'm not scared I, to I, yeah well well I I love this sentiment of knowing our worth and charging our worth mm. um but I actually think it's beyond worth. Mm. It actually comes down to uh, math mm. <laughs> because we can feel that we're worth this, that, or the other. But I actually believe when we let emotions get in the way of our business, we're making too many emotional decisions about our business and we feel we're worth this or we feel we're worth that or I feel I should charge my worth. But actually, what's the dollars say? The dollars um, you deserve to, at a minimum, earn as a business owner what um, any other employee is earning, plus a little bit more for um, the effort, the stress, the risk that you take and the hours that you lie in bed thinking about your business. And so it's not about your worth. It's about um, basic math and just surviving like a human. Now, if you, have, uh, if you can do that and get paid really well and you can provide an amazing service, then your worth definitely goes up. But basic math to start with right Cheryl I love it I love it I think we always have to use our business head my brother taught me this many many years ago always use your business head never use emotion in business doesn't go doesn't it, it, no it doesn't match and I think unfortunately and I've seen this a lot in our industry 
people use their emotion because in this industry, a lot of people are creative and emotional. And whereas a corporate industry is normally more structured and business-like. So if we can help our salon owners become, use their business head more, I think that's going to help a lot as well. And we don't have to let go of our heartbeats and our emotion and our caring. Like we can sit with our client and look at her eye to eye and have the best relationship, same with our team members. But we shouldn't let it cross the line when it comes to legal obligations, mathematical obligations, making ends meet and everybody, you know, getting paid, for example. That's when it shouldn't cross over. And I think sometimes those uh, lines get blurred. Let's talk about the next thing. We've talked about wages and getting creative around that and, and being data-driven rather than emotional-driven around the numbers. Let's talk a little bit about um, flexible working because uh, I feel like that is the other thing in this kind of environment that's shifting towards working from home and uh, what's a life worth when we're under pressure in these kind of COVID environments. Um, I feel like, I, I feel it, I call it the, the lifestyle effect. Everybody suddenly has woken up and thought, I don't want to work like a crazy woman or man. Um, I want to have a life, I only get one go, and that's putting pressure on our industry to work more of a lifestyle. Like when team don't want to do late nights anymore, they don't want to work on Saturdays every Saturday anymore. This puts some tremendous pressure on us as business owners. What are your thoughts around providing flexible work hours in a typically after hours peak time industry? I think unfortunately we have to go with what's happening in the world. Um, and understand that these are the issues, we need to address them and be flexible with some Saturdays off. No one likes to hear that, but Cheryl, that's our busiest time of the year. Well, wouldn't you be better off letting them have once a month off or once a fortnight off and having them in the salon two Saturdays? You know, um, we need to understand that people don't want to work crazy hours anymore. We've had time to reflect over the last two years to understand that we want a difference. We need that work lifestyle. We want to spend more time with our partners and enjoy life as well. So I think we have to just go with it, Larissa, unfortunately, and work around it and implement that into our business that, okay, and talk to our staff, well, what really suits you? What do you want? Okay. And then you might find someone who's a new mum who just wants to work a Saturday when hubby's at home and a Thursday night. I think we really need to put down our walls a little bit instead of going, no, this is the only the thing that I'm only going to accept and go, okay, I need to open up to be a little bit more flexible and rearrange my business a little bit. Um, otherwise you're going to struggle. Yeah, I agree. I had a team of 30 and uh, we had 18 chairs only. And so I got very good at creative rostering. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a good skill to learn that is super useful right now because actually people can work all sorts of interesting combinations of hours. We don't need to do typically nine to five or uh, no. nine till eight or anything like that. There is There are seven days of the week that we can play with and... Uh, Let's go with 12 hours in any given day that we can also play with. Yeah. Um, so we can be creative to give everybody what they want and what they need. And my only other thing that I'll, I'll add to that great point, Cheryl, is um, I think 
the one thing that will save us um, in being able to provide uh, a great, flexible, highly paid environment for our team is that we can't forget that people need to work towards success. So mm. for example, if somebody comes and says, I only want to work nine till two, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that's great, but probably it's going to limit how quickly you can grow a clientele and get busy and the type mm. of client you're going to work. So if this is a program that we run in Salon Mastery, it's called Do I Get a Pay Rise? And it's yeah. a roadmap for team members to a pathway to success. But typically I'm going to be a little bit sort of uh, controversial. Typically you can't come and build a clientele nine to two, three days of the week right off the bat and earn a million dollars an hour. Like that's the hard road. The mm -hmm. easier road would be come when new, if you're building a clientele, come when clients want to come, which mm -hmm. is typically the odd hours. And as you build and you grow and you raise your prices and you achieve more, you can start to work the, the beautiful hours that you want to work because that's when clients will come. So I think yeah. we don't want to lose our, lose our commercial edge because if we want to pay them $40 an hour, but we're not going to give them new clients because they won't work in peak hours. Sure, we're giving the team member what they want, but we're actually not giving them the roadmap to success. Exactly. Okay. And it's, yeah, I agree. It's going to be a win-win for both parties. It's okay. Exactly. Happy, you know, happy to pay you $40 an hour if you're looking after our clients, whatever. But if you're not, then you've got to start on this. And, you know, you're only working nine to two, so maybe you're only on $30 an hour or something, but they would working in an admin office. So it's got to be a flexibility, and this has got to be right from the onset when you have your little interview and chat with them. What do you want to achieve? You know, let's and be And be results-driven. Be results because if you've got yeah. someone who can't do the... They, they want the million dollars, but they can't do the, the work, doesn't match. Doesn't so match. work towards the million dollars. You don't get the million dollars, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a, a sign of the times of instant gratification, maybe. Do you know, like I've got a 15-year-old son, bless him, hopefully he won't listen to this. 15-year-old son, <laughs> maybe in a few years, uh, yeah. who, you know, um, finds it hard to watch youtubers with their million dollar success and there's there's a big gap between i want the mansion now because there's some 17 year old who's got a mansion somewhere um and the pathway to get there and i think it's the same kind of thing i want the lifestyle i don't want to work the long hours i want to earn 40 and 50 dollars an hour but i want it now but actually i don't want to do the work to get there it's like hang, hang on a sec let me show you the roadmap to actually achieve that so you can do that um, because otherwise your business pays the price and ultimately so does the client. Yeah, I love that. And it's right from the beginning, what do you want to earn? What do you want to achieve? And let's do this together. Do the work. Um, yeah. Let's do, you know, in the only way to make money is I was watching Yellowstone. I don't know if you watch it. It's on Stan. It's great oh, with Kevin Costner. When they go, when they go camping? No, there's oh, uh, the, the girl teaches a little boy. There's only certain ways to make money and it's true you either inherit it um, you're a crook or you work hard and the most important way is normally to work hard because you don't want to end up in jail and you know <laughs> if you inherit it that's good luck but it's hard work that's all it is building a business making money you are not going to become a millionaire overnight unless you're lucky enough to win cross lotto that's it yeah yeah that 
That's right. That's the only way to do it overnight. I do believe there's yeah. a fourth one, and that's work smart. It's a little bit of work hard, but work it like don't slog. Do it smart. Like do the work, yeah. but do the smart work. Don't do the slog work because I think those days are over. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the last one, and that is keeping the people. We've got the people. We're paying them well. We're giving them flexible flexible work hours but we're showing them a pathway to success how do we hang on to our people because it's kind of like a bit of a lumpy environment right now okay um i keep on going back to this because i used to have a dating agency and a relationship agency <gasps> i don't know that i knew that about you oh, okay so <laughs> um whether we're in business or whether we're in a personal relationship it's exactly the same you've done the work you've got them now you've got to keep them it's ongoing it's like in a personal relationship, you find them, you don't do the work, um, they're gone. Um, it's the same in a business relationship. You've got them, you keep working at that relationship every single day and you keep listening to them. You don't just have staff meetings once a month with a group of people and expect them to voice their opinions. You've and got to, to keep talk at them. Yeah, no, no talking at them. You listen to them as well because they're a human being. You want to keep them in your life. You've got to respect them. You've got to listen to them. You've got to keep coaching. You've got to keep mentoring. Keep that relationship open. Otherwise, they're out the door. Yeah. Okay, I like that. My biggest takeaway from that is that they're a human being. Do the listening. I remember a time as a business owner where I felt the pressure to show up and probably the result was talking at them, but to lead them, it was a heavy weight on my shoulders. And then one day I realized that if you don't need to lead them, I just need to listen to them mm. and then help them to succeed. Actually, I don't need to carry all of that weight um, no, of knowing all of the answers all of the time. No, because we're learning and evolving and growing and lead by example, be a leader, show them what to do. Um, it's like when you have children, you, you just lead by example and they'll follow you. Um, and it's the same with your team members. Um, yeah, just keep leading, keep listening, keep evolving with them. Keep that relationship always. And, and we talked a little bit before uh, we hopped on this podcast, Cheryl, about um, uh, kind of security around, you know, um, fear of what's going to happen next if there's another lockdown or if somebody gets COVID or if all of these kind of unknowns how do we keep them out of that fear mindset and keep them safe when we're a business owner we're thinking about that ourselves I guess yeah I would probably have a really good chat to my accountant as well and sort of say what can we implement um, so I give them that stability um, you know, get your facts as well and then say, well, this is what we would do for you, you know, to keep you as well. I highly doubt now, um, that's my intuition, that we're going to go into any more lockdowns and things like that from now on. I think the rest of the world's opened up. I think we can open up now as well. Um, but it is pretty scary when you're thinking about, you know, the unknown. And everyone's scared of the unknown. So we've just got to work with them and, and give them that security of knowing that you're going to look after them and you want them to stay with you. I think that's the hard bit, Cheryl, is when we're fearful and don't and, and it's unknown for ourselves, how do we front up and say to people, um, 
don't worry, girl, I got your back. We got you. You know, I'm looking after you, even if you don't know how to do it anyway. I think it's really important that we're, we're I guess, you know, for me, it's trusting that in, an, in, a, in the moment when things are tricky, that I'll work out what to do. And that gives me the confidence to say to my team, you know, don't worry about it. I've got you. I might not have a plan right now, but I'll work on out and, and we'll yeah. do it together. We'll do it together. And it's like your friends, isn't it? Or your children when you're going through hell and back. You may not have all the answers, but don't worry, we'll work this together. You know, yeah. and just having that knowing and, and that friendship with your friends or your kids um, and having that with your team as well. Look, I'm here for you. We'll work through this together. You know, I don't know what all the answers are. Um, you know, none of us do. But, you know, having someone as a leader that you can trust, that they will look after you and they'll do their very best to make sure that everything's okay. We're not God above, but we'll just be there for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's all we can now, do. That exact, exactly right. Now, being a business owner, what is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you sane uh, when times are tough? Because let's face it, being a business owner is hard. What do I do? Um Okay, a couple of things I do. It's not just one thing I do. I keep myself really, really healthy because it's like the captain of the ship. Um, I keep myself really healthy. I do yoga every day. I walk every day. My life gets chaotic and the phone doesn't stop ringing. I stop and I go for a little walk. Um, I, I don't listen to gossip. I don't listen to trash or negativity. I read great books like Mark Boris. I listen to funny things like Billy Connolly. There is no one thing I do, but everything, I, I only eat really well. Um, I just really look after myself. And that's the best advice I can give anybody is, you know, it's like when you're on the plane and the thing goes down and you have to put the mask on, you've got to look after yourself first. So there is no one podcast I listen to. There is no one book I read. Um, I look after myself. I inform myself yeah. a lot of business decisions and I deal with my accountant a lot and I know what's going on in the world and I research a lot and look after myself. Good on you. You mentioned a book. Um, do you want to mention that again okay. and who the author was? I read all of Mark Boris's books from Yellow right. Brick Road. I think he's one of the toughest guys I know. He's got resilience. He works hard and smart. And if you want to read anything, I would read him. Awesome. Amazing. I love it. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes of this episode to, uh, to Mark. Thank you, Cheryl, for sharing your words of wisdom. That was a great conversation kind of about the reality of things and how it's changing rapidly and what we need to do. So, um, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the podcast. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Thank you, Cheryl, so much for coming in and joining me on the podcast yet again. I loved everything that you had to say and how key it is to set expectations of what we're asking from our team um, when you employ them, when they come to work for you. Not only are you setting expectations for the type of people you want to represent your salon brand, but you set expectations around yourself as their leader and their employer, 
How will you meet their expectations so they do stay? If you're sitting here thinking about team challenges that you have and you need help maybe putting out some fires and creating a framework that works for you as a salon owner, then let's get in touch. I help salon owners who have a team of four or more really get on their feet and employ a rockstar team. I understand your pains and challenges around this. I was you once and I work with you to create a team career roadmap so your team can grow and thrive inside of your business. Did you know that your team will leave you when they run out of future with you? You need to be a step in front of them. So if you want to discuss building a salon career roadmap for your team, then reach out. Let's chat. I'll leave the button on the show notes of this episode. Um, and maybe we can have a chat and see if Seller Master is a good fit for you. I look forward to chatting. Otherwise, I will connect with you next week on the Seller Owners Collective Podcast. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.